This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Welcome back to Everything with Ali Levine. I am so excited for today's guest. I have such an incredible woman. I have Ashley Ray, who is the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about her before I bring her on here. Since 2011, they've been making products to inspire meditation, such as mala beads, meditation cushions, crystals, working with artisans across Asia, featured in Forbes, LA Times, Goop, and much more. Ray is also a meditation teacher and business coach, helping women start and scale their businesses and step into their purpose. And guys, she is such a force and so amazing. She shares her authentic practices and beautiful pieces through the Mala Collective, and she inspires others to have mindfulness practice at home. And you guys know I am all about that, so I am pumped for today's guest. Ashley, welcome to my show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. I'm, I'm so grateful and so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. I was like drooling over your website. <laughs> gorgeous pieces. Seriously, I told my husband, I was like, okay, I got to order something. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. I love it. So beautiful. And I just love, you know, the mission behind it and everything you do. So for those that don't know Mala Collective and like a little bit more about who Ashley is, tell us a little bit of how this kind of came about and like who you are. Yeah, well, it's definitely not a normal founder's story. So I, so Mala Collective started 10 years ago, which is wild to think it's been that long. It feels like a lifetime ago. Before I started this, I was a journalist and I used to cover murder trials. So my life was the exact opposite (laughs) of what it is now. So it couldn't be a different, different life experience. So I I won a national award, kind of hit this quarter life crisis. My partner and I at the time, you know, packed our bags, went traveling around the world, ended up in Bali, as many people do when they're going through their spiritual process of discovering who they are. And when we were in Bali, we fell in love with these mala beads. And if you don't know what mala beads are, it's a string of beads that you can use in meditation to count your breaths. And we fell in love with these beads knowing that the different stones had different healing qualities and intentions. Long story short, we're flying from Bali to Thailand. This woman comes up to us on the plane and says, oh, your aura is so beautiful. Can I sit and talk to you? We start talking to her and she ends up being the woman that made the beads that we had bought. So it was a very serendipitous collision to meet somebody who was the maker of this thing we became obsessed with in Bali. And and from there, you know, that moment changed our life. She she was on a path to spread mindfulness and meditation to the West. And we said, you know, we're really into peace. We're from the West. We'll help you out. So it was a very naive, serendipitous, love-filled uh, journey that started the business. That is so cool. And I love that she like felt obviously your aura and your energy and all that and then approached you. And then, oh my gosh, that was actually who was making them. That's really amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I do get a lot of people that say to me, I wish something would fall into my lap, like it fell into yours. And I understand the sentiment behind that. But I I really believe that we all have these serendipitous and magical moments every day. And if we're open to them, 
you know, we can meet somebody at any moment that can change our lives. We can change theirs. So, you know, it, it is a beautiful experience to meet somebody. And I think we all have that opportunity to meet someone and shift our, our life. Well, I love that you said that because I mean, I feel the same way. And I think that, you know, to, to what you went through, as you explained, you know, you were calling it in whether you realized you were calling her in or not. And so because you were open to it, because you were in that actual, you know, mindset and frequency and everywhere that you were, that came to you. And I think a lot of times, you know, I've experienced this myself, like when I first started meditating years ago, I would be like, nothing happens. This doesn't work. Manifesting doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I used to get super frustrated. I'd be like, I don't understand this. It doesn't work. I can't concentrate for more than five minutes. And I didn't understand that. Like I was totally blocking every single thing that I was doing. And then years later now, I'm like, you know, of course from becoming a mom and, and having so many of my own spiritual awakenings and all these different things. Now I feel like I call things in daily. And sometimes mm -hmm. I don't even have to anymore because I'm in that overall like wavelength and frequency and mindset on the daily and it's such a shift from where I was so I want you like from that being said I want you to talk about you know the mala beads and how meditation really changed your life I know it did from reading you know your story about you being in Bali and everything and the mindfulness practices and just walk us through like what that looked like and you sharing that journey you know on social and with the world for others to then follow along. Yeah, and, and I think you, you touched on something so beautiful there in your own practice of feeling like I'm, my mind is wondering, I'm not good at this. I would say that I receive two comments when I tell people I teach meditation or I work in meditation. First one is, oh, I know I should, but I'm really bad at it. And the second is I tried it once and my mind was all over the place. I never did it again. So there's, there's such a negative connotation around meditation that most of us think that we can't do it. But Meditation, if we approach it as an opportunity to get out of our heads and drop into our body, to reconnect to our breath, just to take a moment to slow down and meet ourselves, there's different ways to frame it that makes it more accessible and more loving and a practice of self-care and self-reflection versus this thing I know I should do, but I'm bad at. So I, I love that you mentioned that it can be difficult because it is it is deeply uncomfortable to sit with your thoughts. And as I mentioned, you know, I was not in meditation when I started this business. Most people assume that I was. And I think that that actually lent itself so beautifully to how we grew Mala because I was, I was just as curious as everybody else is about meditation. And mind you, 10 years ago, nobody was talking about it the way they are now. Now it's such a common thing to talk about openly 10 years ago people like what is this hippy dippy thing you're doing oh <laughs> are you sure you should be doing this <laughs> I love so much that. judgment yes. yeah I, I get it I get it I get it and I mean it is a bit woo woo and I love it I love the woo woo I love the hippy dippy and it's also normalized now and so you know I'll, speaking a bit about our products to be very transparent you don't need anything that we make to meditate you don't need mala beads you don't need crystals you don't need meditation cushions you just need your breath but a lot of people find a mala can help them to focus their attention especially beginners so the way you use a mala is you turn the beads through your fingers and you inhale and exhale on each bead and that helps you focus and refocus your attention and your energy and the meditation cushions you know you can grab a cushion from your couch or 
you can use one of our cushions and the cushions help to signify, you know, a sacred safe space in your home where you can return to every day. So it holds that physical space for you. And the crystals, you know, they have different intentions and qualities behind them. So personally, I really love calling in self-love. That's a big practice for me right now. So I have rose quartz in my bathtub, beside my bed, in my meditation space. So they're all physical reminders of different intentions that we want to call in and they're beautiful and they're all natural and they're all from the earth so I feel very grateful to create these you know physical manifestations of our our practice and what our daily routine looks like where we get to love ourselves a little bit more yeah and I was gonna say I love that and I was laughing when you were saying about the woo-woo and how it wasn't talked about because you're right I mean it's so funny because it makes me laugh because one of my very best friends Steph who's I've had you know in my life since college we met in college back in um Flagstaff Arizona dating myself like you know years and years ago and I it crack up because she has always been that grounded and that centered and very mm. much to her body and who she is like she has just she came into this world that person and she always would try with me and I'd be like Steph I can't meditate for shit like leave me alone or like I'd be like having a meltdown she'd be like just take a breath just take a breath and I'd be like I can't breathe and she'd be like (laughs) and and you're right I was so not open and I know so many others like oh it's so woo woo and I was the same I was like oh it's so hippy dippy it's woo woo it's this it's that and how crazy is it but how beautiful that it's gone from that place to now where it's like literally almost I don't want to say trendy but kind of is like people are talking about it so much more people have become mainstream like you said and those that are actually like not jumping on board of a trend but actually making it like you were mentioning a mindful practice and a change Mm -hmm. in their life actually see the change in their lives Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think what's really funny is now people say to me how did you know it was going to be so cool? How did you know meditation was going to be so big? And I had no idea. I had no idea how to start a business, how to build a business, how to scale. This was all led through curiosity and and quite literally every product we've made has been a reflection of my own journey of trying to understand meditation and mindfulness. So I think that the authenticity of the brand is that I didn't know what to do either. <laughs> this business has been built out of that. And it's so beautiful to see that people talk about it openly now. And, you know, like as you shared in the intro, like being in Forbes, being in Goop, being in all these mainstream platforms where it's normalized to talk about, like how cool is that? It is the idea that we're giving permission for people to talk about these things and to witness their thoughts and get in their bodies. Like it's pretty special. And at the same time, um, it's, it sounds really easy. Like when you were mentioning your friend saying, just breathe, just breathe. It's almost so ridiculously easy that uh, it, that's what makes it difficult is that just breathing. Well, we all know how to just breathe, but does that mean I'm meditating? So there's, um, there's so many layers to it, but I love that it's even talked about in, in the way it is now. Well, yeah. And what you were saying too, of like that expansion of actually tapping into your breath, dropping into the body. Like I didn't know what that was when I was younger. Like I couldn't even, you know, it didn't even resonate drop into my body. I'm like, but I'm in my body, but now I'm like, Oh, like now I don't, I almost laugh at myself some days because I'm so in my body. Sometimes I have to remind myself like, okay, now you're like <laughs> overly there and you're feeling everything. Now it's like, I have to like take a deep yes. breath. So, okay. 
I'm feeling everything. And now I'm going to like put that on pause for a second and just like come back to like, you know, this, this, this world and let myself like be, and then come back to it. But it's so funny because now I catch myself so in, uh, you know, another world, if you will. And it's like, it's magical, but yet at the same time, I'm still learning like, you know, the visual and the, um, mindfulness and the different practices and all the ways to better develop myself and to like Mm. continuously practice these daily practices. So Mm. what have you found from, you know, with Mala Collective and what you share with the world and what you, you know, also find in your own practice, like what would be some things you would share with others that you feel has helped you and you you do as daily practices? And of course, that Mm. all get through Mala Collective, they choose to, you know, buy something from you. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think what's really neat is that there's so many different approaches. Like my biggest learning and takeaway is, you know, when we're in non-COVID times, I spend the majority of my time traveling. So I've been able to take trainings from India to Nepal, to Bali, to LA and New York. And the biggest lesson I've learned is that everybody takes a different approach to meditation and that's okay. So remove that self-judgment that you're doing it wrong because there is not just one way to meditate and remove the judgment when your mind starts to wander because that's going to happen over and over and over again so reframing that approach to meditation that i'm not doing it wrong removing that shame and some of the tips and the tools that have worked for me i would say the biggest thing in the past two years has been a gratitude practice So every morning I wake up and I journal what I'm grateful for, even the mornings when I'm grumpy and don't feel grateful. And it shifts me into this mindset of possibility and positivity and abundance and love. And then doing my meditation from that place, it it just shifts the self-talk. And meditation in my experience really is a practice of self-talk. So going into it with positive energy, positive vibes, that good, that good juju, you know, it's just this opportunity to talk to yourself with a bit more loving kindness for a few minutes. And just don't judge yourself. I know those are so much easier said than done, remove the judgment that is, you know, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But um, just remove the judgment. It's meant it's going to be difficult some days, it's going to be joyous other days. Doesn't mean it's bad. So yeah, oh my gosh, I love that. When you say remove the judgment, how do you personally do that for yourself, Ashley? Because like you said, mm. it's, always, it's almost easier said than done so much of this. And I've experienced this as well. And I think that, you know, like you said, so many times it's like, oh, it just sounds so easy to do. But then when I try to do it, I struggle mm. or, you know, you, you know, someone tells me to do this, but then when I actually go to do it, you know, I get stuck. Like, what would you say to those people? Especially mm. since you are someone that, like you said, like this was not your life 10 years ago at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this visualization has helped me so much. So if you picture a bicycle wheel, so you picture the the middle of the wheel and then all the spokes going out to the edges of the tire, imagine the center of the wheel is your focal point. So your focal point can be your breath, your mantra. So a mantra is a word or a phrase that you repeat. Like I really love affirmation based mantras. So I like ones along the lines of I'm love, I'm grounded, I'm enough, I'm intuitive. So your breath, your mantra, and your mala, those beads that we sell. So those are your three focal points traditionally in meditation. So when you're focusing on that and then your mind starts to wander, imagine it going off like that spoke on the wheel and then it gets out to the tire. And that's the moment that you realize, oh man, my mind just started to wander. So in that moment, you can decide, oh, I'm the worst meditator. I shouldn't be doing this. I should give up. Or you can decide, 
oh, hey, my mind has wandered. Come back to your focus. So that's that moment there where you choose judge yourself for your mind wandering or just come back without judgment. And then it's going to happen five seconds later, 10 seconds later, 30 seconds later. So it's not just a one-off practice. You might practice that 100 times in four minutes. So it becomes that practice of don't get hooked by that thought. Don't get, don't get taken out of your meditation so far down this path of, you know, going through a conversation and thinking I should have said this and reenacting a conversation from yesterday. And then your whole meditation is shot because you've been hooked and, and wandered. So that moment of noticing, just come back, come back. And I mean, that's one of the practices around self-judgment. I, I think that that's probably the biggest one that comes up in meditation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. I was actually just writing down parts of the affirmation that you were saying in my, in my journal, because I'm always looking for great affirmations and I always find so many, but whenever I have people on my show and they share something, I feel like it's just like called to me. I'm like, I have to write this down. <laughs> yes. I, I love those affirmation statements. And we, we launched an I'm enough collection, I would say like eight years ago. And again, it was truly a reflection of where I was at because I was not feeling enough. <laughs> and I was feeling, I would say the biggest block in running the business was my own self-doubt, my own limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough. You know, I was a journalist before this. Who am I to run this business? I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even meditate well. And just judgment, judgment, judgment to the point where every night I was in tears and the amount of times I was like, I shouldn't run this business because I'm not good enough. So we made this collection and now twice a year we come out with different affirmation based statements based on, you know, as a team where we're all at, what we think people need to hear and feel in each moment. And so it's become a really integral part of the business in teaching and um, living different affirmations. I I'm a huge fan of them. I love that you put that in your journal. That's amazing. I love that. I'll have to check that out. Uh, on your on your site. And I agree with you. I think, you know, I start with affirmations every morning in my ear. I have this one amazing woman I've been doing this coaching program with, Amelia Love, who is all about that. And she it's like very similar what you're saying. It's like I am love. I am supported. Mm. You know, I, you know, I I am held, you know, I, you know, I am mm. open. I deserve. And it's like all these incredible, you know, affirmations that you say to yourself that like what you just so beautifully said of saying, over and over again, you don't realize just four minutes a day or four minutes, two, three times a day, it really changes like your mindset. And in my opinion, it changes your life. I mean, I can't believe how different my mindset and my life look now than they did just a few years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's proven reusing those affirmations repeating them over and over again, it changes your brain waves. The majority of the thoughts that we had were from yesterday and the majority of those thoughts were negative. So being able to rewire our brain with those I am love, I am intuitive, I am grounded statements, very similar to that gratitude practice I mentioned, being able to shift our thoughts into a place of positivity, even if we don't fully believe it in that moment. You know, if you're having a bad day and you're repeating, I am love, I am love. It might not be resonating in that moment, but the more you practice it, the more you start to believe it and feel into it and drop into it. And then you start to repeat those thoughts the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So I'm big, big fan of the affirmations and it is how I teach meditation. And it's how I also practice my daily meditation is with affirmations. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. See, that's so amazing. And I also love that, like you said, you know, you have all these different practices. It sounds like that you go to daily, like you write down mm. your 
grateful for. And you're right, especially like for someone listening, you know, write this down, you know, it's like, even if you don't feel it in the moment, like Ashley just said, and you're like, I am love, I am love, I am love, but you're not feeling it. Writing it down is going to help shift you into actually being able to feel that and touch that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dropping into it in meditation, even when it's uncomfortable, even when you want to fidget or open your eyes or get distracted, it allows us to get into another layer and a layer of our subconscious to really start redirect those thoughts. So I think I just don't, I don't want to give the impression that I have perfected meditation and I don't have limiting beliefs because I still do. I still deal with them every day and it's been 10 years. I just now know how to, when I, when I get one of those limiting belief spirals, when I'm not enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. I know how to nip it in the butt a little bit quicker. Maybe get up and go for a walk, do a meditation, do some journaling. I know how to realize, okay, that thought does not define me in this moment. Okay. I need to just get out of this thought cycle and get up and move and then come back. And so it's, that's even a practice of self-love is just getting up and moving when you're in that spiraling mindset. So there's, there's not a be all end all cure, but you can experience it in shorter bursts and be kinder to yourself when it does come up. Yes. Oh my gosh. So true. And I also actually, you know, on your site and I know like on a lot of your social, you know, you speak to your vision being inspiring, mindful evolution. What Mm. does that mean to you? Oof, I think that's actually a really great question segueing from that comment because I think it is, it is, hmm, I will reframe that as I was once asked in a podcast, how do you get to the point where you just feel enough? <laughs> I'm really tired of not feeling enough anymore. How do I just fix it? So I think in my experience that our evolution is every time we're leveling up and stepping up into a new version of ourselves or stepping into a new version of potential, stepping into our purpose, it's a bit uncomfortable. And that's when those limiting beliefs come up. So if we're in a place where we're just, everything is great every day, we don't have limiting beliefs. That sounds wonderful. But in my experience, that means I've stopped pushing myself to grow or I've stopped evolving. And I think that that mindful experience of evolution can be deeply uncomfortable. And personally, my own journey, you know, I've been running Mala for 10 years. Now I know my purpose is to start coaching and working with women. And that, that took about a year for me to finally step into that purpose. And, and I would say it's, it's pretty darn new. It's only been a few months and it was a deeply uncomfortable practice for me to shed my identity of, hey, I can hide behind Mala Collective. Nobody knows who I am as an individual. And I kind of like it that way. And I I no longer have that armor of a business surrounding me. I no longer have that identity. I mean, it's still there, but to step into this new level of myself and this new purpose, I had to create a whole new understanding of who I am. And that evolution, I'm so grateful that now I understand these mindfulness tools that help me through it. And it was still painful and uncomfortable and beautiful and awakening. And it, it was such a, the connection with the divine feminine was much more present than any other evolution I felt in my own growth. And I would attribute that to mindfulness. So when we're saying we're supporting mindful evolution, it's, it's whatever that looks like stepping into purpose, redefining who you are, stepping into whatever, whatever that leveling up, whatever that growth is for you to turn to mindfulness tools when it gets uncomfortable, because it does get uncomfortable. That's, that's the reality. Everything isn't perfect all the time. Guys, if you're listening, write that down. Is anything you just took away from this show, you know, thus far, like seriously, 
Ashley just dropped really like gold right there by saying, you know, like if you're not evolving, you're not growing, like you're not really living, you're not really doing anything, you know, it, it, you are supposed to be uncomfortable in order to continue to evolve. You are, you know, supposed to allow yourself to feel that, you know, uncomfortable feeling of how you were just saying, Ashley, like, you know, you experienced that and it took you a while to actually recognize like your purpose and be like, oh, I'm supposed to be coaching others and doing this. Like the be all end all isn't Mala Collective. And like, yeah, this has been amazing. I'm continue to grow this, but like, that's not my purpose. My purpose is actually coaching. And I think you're right. There's so many times where you are definitely, I mean, all of us and myself included, like we come to a place where we're afraid to take that next step. We're afraid to step into our purpose further, or maybe our purpose has shifted or changed and it is super uncomfortable. And I, you know, I know this firsthand for myself too, is like, I've had so many of those moments and I'm like, oh no, 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 I'll just go back to what it was. And then you try to, and it doesn't work. And universe fights you. And it's like, no, you know, like you're not going to do that. That's like, that's no longer what you're supposed to be doing. Like, this is your purpose. And I'm curious for you, Ashley, like, did you experience any of that when it came to, you know, not being fully sure you were ready to step into the purpose of coaching. And I don't, you know, don't, I don't know, did you do any kind of dance backwards with yourself? Did you experience any resistance from, you know, the universe source, whatever, you know, resonates, you know, that you felt like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to step into this, but I'm also not sure I'm ready to like go backwards. Like, cause I feel like that would be something that would really resonate with others listening. Oh my goodness, that is such a good question because I felt it every day in so many different forms. So, you know, the, the story is kind of interesting in the way that, you, as you mentioned, universe, source, how whatever you want to phrase it, the messages just get louder and louder and louder until you do something. And for me personally, you know, I spend a lot of time in Bali and I saw a shaman when I was going through a divorce like four and a half years ago. And he said to me, you know, Mala is great, but your purpose is to speak and to teach and to write. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think so. And I went to an oracle on the Upper West Side when I was living in New York who said the exact same thing. And I was like, "Mm, I don't, I don't think I want that. Then a psychic, then this, then every, every person I was seeking from gave me almost the exact same language and I was resisting it. And then it started coming up in meditations, these visions, and to a point where the voice was so loud that I... I was really embarrassed to share with people because I have different visions or voices that come up in meditations to a point where last year I took an intuition training to understand, whoa, why is this happening to me? Something is happening and it's kind of freaking me out. And I I can't talk to people about it because it is so woo-woo. It's so weird. It's so different. And I mean, I don't think it's weird anymore, but in that moment, I was judging it so deeply. So that for me was, okay, You've heard this numerous times. It's coming up in meditations. Somebody called me last week and said, I had a vision of you doing this in your future. I was like, wow, I am getting so many messages that this is what I'm meant to do. And I know in my heart of hearts and minds, I, it's what I'm meant to do because it scares me. And so this, this process of stepping into it, it's been years in the making, which to be honest, is a little bit embarrassing to admit because here I am, this meditation teacher. <laughs> I have all these tools at my disposal. You think that I'd be like, yep, I see my purpose. I can step into it now, but it's still incredibly scary. And I've had a lot of coaches that I'm so grateful that have helped hold space for me in that process. So lovingly teasing it out of me and mirroring it back to me. And as I 
explored that more, I realized, oh, I would love to do this for others and help people understand they don't need to feel so alone on that journey. Because I would say the biggest experience I had is that it feels very isolating because it's quite hard to verbalize. It's really hard to verbalize when we know there's something bigger than us we need to step into, but it sounds a little bit wild to us. So how are other people going to receive it? So it, that for me was a really lonely process. And now as I'm stepping into it, I kind of can't believe it took me this long. <laughs> like it's, I just ripped the bandaid off after, you know, four years. And now it feels beautiful. It feels like flow and it feels like connection. And I feel a peace that I've never felt before and still, and still a discomfort and still vulnerability and still a rawness, but a different level of peace. Whereas before I was resisting. Oh, I, I just got chills when you were talking about that level of peace and that resistance. Cause I've felt so much of that in my own life and especially recently of like really coming to this place of peace. And I was saying this to my girlfriend the other day, I was like, you know, I know the world is crazy and I know there's so much going on, but I have to be honest because I've done so much of my own inner work and continue to and continue to show up even when it's so raw and uncomfortable of what you're sharing, Ashley, the more I feel this actual peace with myself. And it almost feels like crazy that I'm that peaceful. Yeah, that's so great. I'm so happy to hear that. I feel like giving that permission for people to feel that is, that's so beautiful. Well, and you know, you speak about, I thank you so much for sharing that, by the way, like your vulnerability of sharing how much that was hard to step into that purpose and how even now, you know, being, you know, this coach and teacher, how you still have those moments because at the end of the day, like we're all freaking human and we all experience yeah. all different things. And, you know, and, and it's like, I think a lot of times, even someone like yourself, someone looks at you and it's like, oh my gosh. Well, of course they know what they're doing. And of course this is this and this is that. And it's like, you just totally burst that bubble, which I so appreciate because I think, you know, my audience especially is always here for the real and raw. And it's like, you know, I just really appreciate your vulnerability of being like, Hey, it's hard sometimes for me too. Like even now, you know, going to that next level, like I have to get uncomfortable. I have to allow myself to feel more rawness and it's becoming more of a flow, but I still experience it. And I still have to work through my own resistances. And I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying before of like that evolution and that growth, that's continuously mm -hmm. happening. Hopefully if you're actually evolving, otherwise, you know, in my opinion, you're, you know, whatever you want to say, but you're basically either in a standstill or you're just might as well be dying. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not growing. You're not doing anything, you know? And I think a lot of times people in life don't realize how much they may just kind of be living, but not actually living. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And I think we, we get comfortable and, that's a beautiful place to be too. I spent a lot of my life um, really resenting people that could be comfortable because I never could. And I had a partner say to me years ago, you're never gonna be content. And I, I, I was so hurt by that. I thought, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just find peace? And now I'm realizing it's because I wasn't in my purpose. And actually that's a wild thing to even say out loud. I think that's the first time I've connected those dots. <laughs> well, that is so wild. <laughs> Here. I mean, seriously, like I can't, I just like, I adore everything you do with Mala Collective and I loved reading your story, but like, I knew that you were going to share so much more here. So I appreciate you like just being so, you know, raw and vulnerable because I think more and more people need to hear that in order for them to have their own mm -hmm. awakenings in order for this to become 
further more mainstream and not so quote unquote woo woo. And this to be something that like we all can resonate on in some capacity. I feel like the better off we'll all be because we're going to be in that space of like, Hey, you're in a vulnerable space or, Hey, you're in a place of peace. And like, that's great. And it won't be as much of like this friction of like, well, you're triggering me and I'm a victim and this and that. And it's like, I'm not saying any of those things aren't real, but at the same time, I feel like so much of it is because all of us are like reflecting on each other and we're not realizing like how much is being projected and how much isn't being expressed. And so you just connecting those dots right now on the show, it's like, well, hello, like everyone experiences this in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. And I think normalizing it for me now, the most rewarding part in coaching is normalizing those fears that people have in those blocks. And I think that there is something so important to the human experience to know that you're not alone going through those things and growing a business and scaling a business. I want to empower more women to hit a million dollars and only 4% of female owned businesses reach that point. And it can be a really lonely experience to do that. So just holding space for people to know you're not by yourself. You're not alone. You're not the first person to screw this up in business. Don't worry. We've probably all done it. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it can be so isolating and spiritual and entrepreneurship and personal development. So I, I feel just immense gratitude to hold space for others to, to come to those realizations. So yeah, it's, it's tough, but holy, it's so worth it. I'm so grateful. I'm on this side of it now. Oh, it's so amazing. And I mean, you know, when you talk about that, you know, hitting a million dollars and, you know, for those that are listening and are like, oh my gosh, I could, you know, never do that. And I, you know, I can never be in that space. I mean, look, even me, like listening to you now, I'm like, wow, that sounds amazing. But like, wow, could that actually be me one day, you know, with all the businesses I run and, you know, what, just hearing you say that and then feeling my own like resistance in the moment, I feel like called to share. And so I want to ask you, how do you personally continue to move through like these limiting beliefs and like when you were, I guess, scaling and getting to that, you know, a million dollars, like how were you able to break through those barriers and those walls and those blocks to be like, no, I, I can and I will. I'm like, here you are. Yeah. Oh my, that's such a good question. I think understanding, actually, you know what, there's a few really important things there. Understanding what your version of success is, is so important because I think oftentimes we're chasing other people's success and we're measuring ourselves against others. And that whole comparison sets us back so far. So as an example, I had this really cool office with like 20 employees and we had organic food delivery and puppies could come, you know, like really cool office. And I realized I hated it. And that for me, I had lived up to somebody else's definition of success. And within a month, we became a remote company and that realigned back to my values. So understanding values and success, I think will drive, keep us going when we get into those moments of fear and self-doubt. If it's in alignment with our values and our version of success, it's way easier to keep going. I think also focusing on our why and you know, the bigger picture, like the purpose instead of the how, because if I, if 10 years ago, somebody would have said, Ashley, this is what your business will be like. I would have thought, how, <laughs> how am I going to get there? I have no idea how to do it. So when I coach with people now, we, we, we talk a lot about how to scale a business, how to get from six to seven figures, how to get to six figures. The how part is secondary. It's understanding what is success for you? What are your values? What do you want your business to look like? How do you want to feel? And now let's break out the hows because it's way clear what you're working towards. Working towards a million dollars, that's a really 
abstract thing. You can have a million dollar business where you work two hours a week or you have, you know, an office with a hundred people that you're there every day. It's, we each have our own variation of success. So I think the really big picture needs to be defined first. The how is all Googleable. You can figure out how to build a Shopify store, how to launch a course, how to, you know, all the how stuff is out there. I think it's our own mental blocks that really get in the way of us scaling a business. And a lot of things I hear when I do a coaching call with people is I'll work with you when I feel ready. And I understand that sentiment, but we never really feel ready <laughs> to like take that next leap or get into that next uncomfortable zone. So it's, it's pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone before you feel ready and, and making sure that your limiting beliefs don't block you from that dream. Cause that that's the biggest barrier I see in business is we could have the most beautiful business idea, but we don't believe in ourselves. Therefore it falls apart. Oh my gosh. So true. And, you know, when you speak about that alignment and, you know, having something aligned, I know there's such a big picture obviously to it, but what would you share for your own personal belief and like what resonates with you? What does alignment look like to you? Ooh, that's a great question. That, that whole story of having an office and thinking that that was my version of success, that was my wake-up call of understanding alignment and, and what I wanted to create. So now my alignment is helping people connect themselves, you know, that, that value and that understanding of how can I be in service to others. When I envision what the future is for me and for Mala, I, I know now that that's, that's my skill is being the visionary. And it came so easy that often when things come easy to us, we discredit that it's a skill and we just assume everyone can do it. I now know that that's not true. <laughs> There's some people that are visionaries and some people that are wonderful integrators and workers and operators. So I, I would say that that for me, if it's in alignment with my vision, I can feel it in my body. It's of service to others. It's helping uplift people into their purpose, helping them step into their potential in whatever form that is and making sure that it's accessible and it's beautiful and it's fun and it's light. And you know, that for us in the next few years, for example, like we're launching a kid's company next month to help kids meditate. And that's something for me that hits all of those values. How beautiful to teach children to connect to their breath. And like that to me is this gift of, of all of us coming together and understanding how can we serve people? How can we best serve people? And uplift them on their journey so that you know that spews off different business ideas different visions different avenues I'm writing a book we're creating courses where you know all of these things are born out of that value-based conversation and purpose oh I love that and I'm gonna have to have you back to talk about the kids collection how cool yes is that oh. Two littles. Can I just tell you, actually, I, with my toddler, obviously my nine month old, you know, not so much, but my toddler who'll be, you know, three next month, you know, she has gotten so into with me. We do affirmations every morning in the mirror. I love it. We do meditations and I tell her like, okay, just like breathe, you know, for the next two minutes and we're going to concentrate on, you know, you playing with this button or you're going to do this zipper 10 times or, you know, just to teach her that. And it's so funny when she has meltdowns now, she'll say to my husband and I, I just need to breathe and she'll run away and she'll go sit and she will breathe by herself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's learning that from me. And it's so freaking cool. I love that. That is so beautiful. I'm, I'm so excited to, to launch that part of our business. And 
even, you know, after that spiel of sharing, it feels so good to know that people are going to feel good from something that we're creating and that you're allowed to make money building a business that serves people, that serves your soul and that serves your spirit. It's no longer just this woo woo business. You're allowed to create things that support and uplift people and make them feel good. And this, this kids line to me is all of that embodied. And I'm, I'm so excited just seeing the kids in our photo shoot that they all know the language. They know, they all understand like how, how great is that? How beautiful is that? That's so amazing. And I love guys, you know, there's so many gems here, but when she just said, you know, you're allowed to make money, you're allowed to have a business and be successful while serving others. I think that was such a gem and just so much gold, Ashley, because again, with these limiting beliefs, um, myself included, you know, you think like, oh, well, I, you know, I shouldn't, you know, be able to make this or, you know, be successful with this. It's just a passion. It's just a hobby. It's just this, but it's like, mm -hmm. no, it can be a business. It could be a, a major, you know, part of your business. It could be everything, you know, when you're serving others, you know, I really do believe when you're in service, you know, you, you do see the universe, you know, come, you know, give it back to you and you see the rewards and, you, you know, and you reap those rewards. And so I just think that's amazing what you said and shared. I can't wait to see the kids collection. Can you tease a little bit about anything that's coming? Yeah. So we're, it's a lot of kids, uh, kids meditation cushions and blankets. So uh, for example, some of them are shaped like a sloth or like a cloud. So different characters to inspire them to slow down and breathe. And I'm recording meditations for each one with a story time to help get the kids into this mindset of slowing down. And there's different tools and practices like uh, coloring sheets and box breathing and like educational tools that come with all the products. So it is, um, yeah, I, I feel this is a vision that we've had for so many years and then COVID hit and the realization of parents trying to hold space at home for kids and their business and their, you know, kitchen and their living, you know, all of these things have, have merged into one space. It just kind of, we just realized this is now the moment to do it. We've been holding this vision and for so many years, this is the time. So it's also been a long time coming. So I feel so, so much love that this, this thing is coming to life. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Well, congrats to you. I can't wait to check it out and support. And I mean, I, I, I agree with Thank you. you. There's like so much use for it right now. And I think it'll be so well received. And I can't thank you enough for being so open and transparent and vulnerable on my show with your journey and you know, your own awakening and everything with the meditation and mindfulness practice and how Mala was born. You know, I just think it's such an incredible story. And for, you know, those that are listening, you know, are going to be able to take away something that's truly, you know, actually tangible and feel like, Hey, I can put this into my daily life, whether it be about affirmations or mindfulness or their own limiting beliefs. Like, I feel like there's just something for everyone here. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you would want to leave us with? Anything that we should like write down and take away and then tell us where we can find you, follow you. And of course, shop Mala Collective. Oh, beautiful. Okay. A takeaway. I think on our theme of affirmations, I am enough to know that we all already have it within us. I know I noticed through coaching and talking to other women, this is a very feminine trait for us to give our power away to others and think others know more than we do. 
really we hold our vision in us already. We know what we want. We know so much. We have so much power within us to just know that you are already enough. Everything that you are looking for, you already have. It's, it's lovingly pulling it forward, maybe through meditation or working with a coach or working with a shaman or sitting and doing a guide meditation for free on YouTube. There's so many ways to call it forward. Just knowing that you already have it is, I would say, I, I hope that people deeply understand that, how powerful each of us is. Oh, yes. Write that down. I love that, guys. I mean, like I said, Ashley, I have to write down half the things she said in this episode. <laughs> but like just write that down like you are enough you know you do know so much more than you realize and you know it's just that affirmation of I am enough I am enough you know it's just it's so beautiful and it's so well said Ashley so tell us where we can find you and follow you and thank you so much for sharing of course, of course. Uh, well, you can you can visit us at Mala Collective and send us a message. We're always so happy to chat with you about helping you find, you know, a crystal or a cushion or whatever it is to support the intention that you're calling in. And you can find me at Ashley underscore underscore Ray, W-R-A-Y. And I would love to hear from you. I'm I'm doing free calls with people right now to bring in a few more spots for coaching. And I just I love hearing the shares and the feedback from people where they're at in their journey and talking to you. So please reach out. I'm, I would love to chat with you. Well, thank you, Ashley. And everything will be in the show notes, guys. And cheers till next time. And just remember, you are enough. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe. Tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.